Hello there ladies and gentlemen and welcome to another episode of CookieCast. Today on CookieCast is the Darkest Timeline podcast. You know the drill by now. Games, movies, TV, anything else that's been going on. Stuff from the last week or at least the week when this was recorded. It's all rolled into one and jam-packed in this here podcast. If you are one of our lovely subscribers, there's a big high five there for you. High five. If you're not, wherever you get your podcasts, please do consider subscribing. It means the world to us. You get to be one of the cookie cast crew massive. Yeah, please subscribe. Anyway, let's crack on. Here we go. This is Cookie Cast, the darkest timeline podcast. Hello, can you hear me? <sighs> Looks like you can hear me. It's a good start. I'm going to move that. I'm going to move this. <clears throat> I was going to say I'm going to move. Maybe I should move. Maybe I should move me. There, I've moved me. How's that? Can you hear me? Good. Oh my god. So, uh, one hour, 40 minutes after I had intended to start this, actually it started. Uh, you got to love modern technology. Um, when things tell you, guess what? Uh, yeah. This is going to make your life easier. Don't listen. Don't believe them. Mm. Lemony. Want to move that there? I'm going to move that there. Right, let's get cracking. Um, I have become the shall I phone Father Christmas parent. Um. When my older two were younger, figure that one out. Um, I mean, in this day and age, you've got to love the apps. The phone Father Christmas, get a message from Father Christmas, get a video from Father Christmas, get a text message from Father Christmas, um, get a voicemail, you know, all of that. Half of it wants you to give them money or at least give them all of your data. Uh, but if you navigate your way through them, you can get some quite cool little things. Um, it's one of those, if you want them like personalised, then you've got to give up either cash money or your precious, precious data. Um, but you can, you know, rather than having Father Christmas say your child's name... You can just have him gloss over that bit. Um, so when the older two were younger, um, they used to get videos from Father Christmas, or phone calls, or voicemails, or whatever. I very rarely had to be the, if you don't behave, I'm going to phone Father Christmas. Um, however, that has changed um the youngest is going through some um 
behavioural issues, shall we say. And I cannot express the number of times I have said the phrase, Would you like me to phone Father Christmas? I'm going to phone Father Christmas. That's it. I'm phoning Father Christmas. I'm getting my phone out. I'm phoning him now and I'm telling him to put you on the naughty list. Father Christmas won't come and visit you because you will be on the naughty list. Shall I ring him? That's 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 who I am now. That is the parent I am now. I didn't want to be this parent. Uh, yes, she has had not only a... Um, a video from Father Christmas informing her that, uh-oh, sounds like you're having some behavioural issues at home. If you if you don't sort your life out, you're going to end up on the naughty list. And also has had the phone call of, I've been informed you have been naughty and you've had to be put on the naughty list. But don't worry, there's still time to rectify this and get yourself on the good list. She's had both of those, a video and a phone call. Um, I, didn't, I never saw my life ending up like this. Not going to lie. <sighs> So, it's that time of year. We are um, heading for halfway, two days off, halfway through December 2021. Um, I went to watch my middle daughter's nativity play. Um, yeah. It was a thing. Um, she made me laugh because I was like, "What? What are you in the nativity?" She was like, "I'm a sheep," and I was like, "Oh, okay." She was like, "We're all sheep." Was like what? She's like, "My my whole class, we're all sheep." Like, is that not the opposite message that we want to give our school children? You should all be sheep, and that that kept me laughing for way longer than it should have done. Um. So I went, and uh, I went to the school, and I stood in the, the queue to go in, and I saw my uh, middle daughter, and uh, yep, she didn't, she didn't see me, it's like, okay, you know, cool, and I went and I sat down and I watched the whole performance, riveting as it was, um, there was some ups, there was some downs, um, some tragedy, but ultimately everybody uh, succeeded. Singing, not a lot of dancing, a lot of singing, a lot of singing. Uh, and in the whole time that I was there, my daughter had no clue that I was there. Obviously, I made sure to take, uh, you know, pictures to prove I was there. But, um,. Yeah, no, no clue that I was there for the whole thing. I think it ran. I think it was like forty minutes long. And then she left the room, 
and I waited and then I left and and that was that. Um Yeah, I don't know how how much detail to go into with this. Um, it's something that made it's something that made me sad. Um, I guess to just end up being one of those parents that you, you your children don't even know if you're there or not. You know, at least I've been to things. I've got I've got something else to talk about that I went to for my middle daughter. At least I've been to things for her in this festive period. Um. Yeah, my my role as a parent, I say parent, I'm part-time staff for the majority of it, Um, I found myself questioning my role as a parent recently, and yeah, you know, I I often say things like, you know, a, a good parent is one that questions everything. Is this right? Is this the right way of doing it? Should I be doing it like this? Should I do it better? Can I do it better? Is there a way to do it better? That is the... I think that is the definition of a good parent. But I found myself questioning... You know, a situation like that where your child doesn't even know know that you're there. Um, And like I say... Not not the first time uh, this this week that that's been a situation. Um, yeah, it made me sad. Um, does anybody that remember? Did anybody see the? There was an episode of My Name's Earl where um, he talks about having eye twitch. <clears throat> I think they attribute it to stress. Um, I've had eye twitch for about three weeks at this point. Um, I am also attributing this to stress. Apparently, I'm very thirsty. Um, it's a super stressful time. I'll go through some of the things that have been stressing me out recently. Obviously. We're very much aware of the uh, the car ongoing car sagas. We're very much aware of the uh, the curse. Um, it's the most stressful time of the year. Um, <clears throat> we've all got you know. There's all things going on around with the, um, the 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 rules, the quote unquote rules, and things that you can and can't do. Um, yeah. Broken bones, um, behaviour issues, um, bo- behaviour issues both human and canine. Um, yeah. Um, so I've had this eye twitch and I'm like, you know, I presume it's stress. Well, I remember a bit in the episode of My Name is Ill where he's going on about eye twitch. And he starts, like, hitting himself in the eye. And recently I've got to that point. I have that understanding of why 
why that's in that episode because it's just so annoying and so unnecessary it's a pain in the bottom that's right I said it speaking of cars did I tell you I bought a new car did I tell you I bought a new car I don't know so let's work on the principle I didn't and go from there bought a new car uh, doing doing a big old uh, part exchange Um, and originally I was supposed to pick up the new car do the part exchange last Wednesday um, went to look at it last Sunday. Um, having seen it on the Saturday, went to look at it on the Sunday um, with Ian. Any long-time listener will remember the last time I bought a car and the time before that um, that uh, I, I, I always like to be able to take uh, Ian with me. Um, his knowledge and skills when it comes to cars um, are quite, quite valuable when it comes to selecting a vehicle um, and making sure that it's uh, roadworthy, road legal. Obviously, we all remember the point in time where somebody tried to sell me a car that was uh, not road legal. Um, That was fun. So... Ian very, very, very super kindly came to view the car, um, found a few small issues, said to me, you want to get those issues sorted before you buy it, I told the guy, the guy was like, right, okay, I can get those sorted for you, no problem, but it won't be ready for Wednesday, Um, so I went to pick it up uh, the other day, and I've told this story like... I feel like I've told it a hundred times recently. I used to work with somebody who part, uh, who arranged a part exchange of their car on a Saturday. And on the Monday, um, they wrote off their car. And they were supposed to pick up their new car on the Wednesday and had to go and pay full whack for the new car. Um, and that story haunts me when it comes to situations like this. So I basically left my car sat on the drive for the best part of a week. Uh, bare, you know, I, I cleared it out, got all the car seats out, got all the rubbish out, got all the sweets out, um, stripped it, put anything in it that needed to be in it, but stripped the rest. Um, and that was that. And then it got to the day, got to the time. And I got in the car and I was like, right, I have a one hour, ten minute drive to get to do the do the do, do the deal, do the packs and all that. Um, and then I, I obviously have a one hour, ten minute drive back to get the new car back. So off we went. And uh, I drove and I drove and I drove and it was super stressful Uh, at one point I was like oh I think I'm gripping the steering wheel a bit tight and when I tried to release my hand from the steering wheel 
my hand creaked and it was so stiff and so painful. I was like, I definitely been gripping the steering wheel too tight. Um, I reached the town where I was buying the car from and I had six miles left to go. And I was like, this is, this is the danger zone because everything up to that point is like your fifties, your sixties, some motorway, although it's motorway that's having roadworks done. So that's all 50. Um, and in those 50 sections, people speed up and slow down in that 50 range. But to me, the danger zone was that last six miles. Uh, plenty of roundabouts, plenty of uh, opportunities to just, you know, smash that car to smithereens. But no, I made it to the garage, I parked the car, I went in. I had to wait a little while, which was good because I was desperate for the toilet. Ran, toilet, came back, guy was ready for me. I signed my name about. 20 times while I was there went through a load of stuff did the changeover of like things like the keys um, the the pack with all your books in paid the money paid the excess between the packs and the value of the car I was buying um, and that was that it was done deal um, went out had a, had, a, had a photo taken so they could pop it on the website um so, big shout out to uh, to Raggy from Wilson and Co. Uh, Scunthorpe. Uh, it's a Vauxhall dealership. It's a proper Vauxhall dealership, and obviously Scunthorpe is not around the corner from here. Big shout out to Raggy though. Um, Super nice, super accommodating, super helpful. Um, got everything done that I needed to do. Um, we, you know, managed to get managed to land on the right price. Gave me a good price for my car, uh, and and I cannot stress great services. You know, as far as buying a car, which is a super stressful process. Um, Made as I've said before, I've said in the past, I've said with previous places I've de- dealt with, made easier by the people you deal with. I, I've had an absolute nightmare dealing with people, um, trying to get like to view cars. Um, some garages have been super pushy. Some of the big name ones have been incredibly pushy. I had a guy ring me to try and take money from me over the phone for a car. That I hadn't even seen stuff like that crazy um but yeah raggy sorted me out got me on my way with a new car so then i had to drive back i never thought about that and i know that sounds ridiculous but i was focused on getting there without writing my car off but then i'm like well now i've got the reverse situation i need to get back Without writing the new car off. Silly man. So I jump in it. And uh, the one thing I needed. I was like I need to connect my phone. To it. So I can listen to music. So it was like yeah yeah yeah. Um, bit trickier than I remember. That initial connection. But got there in the end. <clears throat> and away we go. Set the sat nav for home. Now. 
in hindsight, and something that I've changed, the sat-nav on those cars uh, comes up with four options, and I don't even think I'll be able to tell you what all four of them are. One's shortest, one's fastest. There'll be one that's, like, most eco-efficient, and then I can't tell you what all four of the options are. Now, in the car that I exchanged, I always had it set to the fastest. You want to get there the fastest. Um, in hindsight, and what I found out later, was that the sound on this car was set to the shortest. So, I set off, and I'm like, okay, we're heading home. I recognise this road, and I recognise this road. Oh, I recognise this road. Hmm. I don't recognise this. And I feel like by now I should be on the motorway. And I'm not. As with um, when I bought my previous car. Uh, my previous car took me on this like scenic route home. It was a really nice drive. Popped out onto, uh, onto the bypass. Um, coming into York and was like, oh cool, I'm nearly home. But for that entire time, I thought I was going the wrong way, and I thought I was going to the wrong place. So that's that. Exactly the same thing with this. I'm on these 60 mile an hour, bendy, turny, twisty, windy back roads, when as far as I'm concerned, I should have done at least 10 miles of motorway. So I start like zooming the sat-nav out, like, am I going to the right place? Am I going to the right place? Am I going to the right place? Well, it says I'm going to York, so that's a good start, I guess. So I had to put my faith in it, and, and you know, again, in hindsight, it's kind of like the car's like, hey, you know, let's get to know each other, let's do some real driving. So I drove back, I get back, cruising, um... My car, my the one that I part exchanged, um, reason I bought it originally was because it had a lot of features, uh, a lot of features that I wanted and needed. Uh, the, the new car is an exclusive model. And what an exclusive model means is it's got every bell and whistle you can possibly imagine. I found something on it this evening. I'd left something in the car, so I went back to retrieve it, and I like shut the door, and it was locked. And when I went to open the door, I was like, "Oh, I, I, I pulled the handle, and the car unlocked." And I was like, "Huh? Have I caught the button?" Because I was like, "Oh, I need to unlock it." So I got out the item and I shut the door and I locked the car. And I was like, "Let me just try that again." And I tried the handle, and it unlocked the car. I was like, oh, it's got like a, I don't know, like some kind of proximity of the key thing. That's cool. Um, I'm not saying that this is the reason I bought this car, but it does have an automatic boot. Yeah, open it with the key fob. You can close it with a button. You can press the, the button for the boot and it opens itself. Um, super cool, super funky. Uh, I've had the car a few days. It is absolutely filthy because, as we will come on to, been 
all over the place with that car already and everywhere is filthy so the car is filthy the inside of the car is filthy it's yeah absolute absolutely filthy the car but yeah new car and I haven't written it off so I say that now, knowing my luck, I'll write it off tomorrow. Even though I'm not going to drive it tomorrow. Go figure. Um, so, in light of telling my youngest that I'm going to phone Father Christmas and tell him, get, get her on the night list, um, we went to see Father Christmas. Went to see Father Christmas on Saturday evening saturday night time uh we were and i and, and i say this to everybody we went to see father christmas and his and his alpacas yeah i'll just let that one sink in for a minute um short version is we went to an alpaca farm and they had father christmas there we went we had a look around the shop and in the shop they had seven alpacas in a, like a barn so like, okay cool they're like, oh, you can go and feed the babies. Here's some food. On you go. So we went and we um, we fed the babies the food and we listened to a man talk at length, extensively, about alpacas. And that might sound like I'm taking the piss. But anybody that knows me will know. I love listening people who are passionate about things and i don't often care what it is if you've got knowledge and you want to share that knowledge with me and it's like a real sort of you could tell there's real passion behind this this guy was telling us all sorts about alpacas and i was like this is fascinating i was listening to a podcast where joe rogan spoke to james hetfield about bees for 20 minutes and i've never been more gripped listening to something than I was right at that moment in time. All it takes is for somebody to have a, a true, ingrained into them passion for something, and it honestly doesn't matter what it is. Listening to them talk about it is fascinating. And this guy knew everything you could possibly want to know about an alpaca. The different types, the different hair, the way the hair works, how, how the fact that an alpaca will live for 20 years. But a female alpaca will be pregnant for 15 of those years. And an alpaca will be pregnant nearly all year round. They're pregnant for a year, pretty much. And just all of this information, I was like, this is fascinating. And I'm stressed this again. I am not taking the piss. Then we went back into the shop, had a mooch around, looked at some stuff. There's some, uh, I, honestly, there was some lovely, lovely stuff. There was one problem, because it's like alpaca wool, and because it's made by them, or it's made locally, or however it's done, the stuff was super expensive. And this is something that I struggle with, because there was not one, not two, but a good few items that I would have happily bought, but they were so expensive, and I was like, I would take these off your hands now, if... Each of these items was cheaper. And I would buy, you know, 
there was an item I was looking at, it was 25 quid. If it had been 15, I'd have taken them. There and then. There were some items we were looking at, and in actual fact, there were some items we did buy. Um, but, I'm not going to beat around the bush, they were some of the cheaper items that you could get. Um, so, finally, we go to see the big man. Now, as we know from every Christmas movie there's ever been in existence going to see Father Christmas is and can be problematic I've got three children if I'm honest and I think this has been the way for quite a while now probably a couple of years I don't think my eldest believes in fact, I'll go as far as say I'm pretty sure she told Leanne that she doesn't believe anymore. So you got that to deal with. You got that to contend with. Um, my middle daughter is still well and truly in the camp of Father Christmas, and my youngest is now at that age, uh, that that age where. She's starting to understand the concept of Christmas and Father Christmas and all that. She's seen plenty of Christmas movies at this point to know. So she's she's on board. But there's a difference between a good Father Christmas and a bad Father Christmas. I think we can all agree that. You get some good ones and you get some bad ones. And I'll say this here and now. The Father Christmas that we saw at the weekend was a good Father Christmas. Not a great father christmas he had no memory for names whatsoever which kind of let down the illusion somewhat but i thought it was quite good leon later pointed out that she was glad that it was like dark and smoky in the tent that we went into to see father christmas because um apparently his beard wasn't great and kept falling down and apparently it was quite obvious he just had a cushion stuffed up his front but I thought it was quite right. I thought he put in a good effort. There was a point where he was singing Frozen, but uh, badly and stuff like that. Uh, I, I thought he did well. At the end of it, the children, the, the girls got uh, a gift each. The two younger got uh, to pick from one set of gifts. And the older one got to pick a different set. They opened them up, and the two little ones got um, an alpaca made of alpaca wool, and the eldest got a felting kit, which is, um, you can make your own alpaca made of alpaca wool. Uh, uh, once you've sewn it all up, you can then stuff it with alpaca wool. Um, very good it was indeed. And that was that. Um not going to lie, it was a treacherous drive there. I was uh, a little concerned. Uh, a lot of back roads, a lot of dark, had to use high beams a lot. Um, and once we went down to the farm, it was a dirt road. Car was filthy, had to take changes of shoes and all sorts of stuff. But it was a jolly good time. And I think 
a jolly good time was maybe had by all. <laughs> oh man, I've just looked at what's what's next. So that was Saturday. Sunday. On a Sunday I like to get up and I like to get the dog out for a good walk. So right girls, we're gonna get up, we're gonna take the dog out for a walk. We're gonna go be a good walk, so we're gonna go to the woods. Uh, I was like, I've, I've looked up where we're going to go. It's not far, but we are going to have to go in the car. Um, so off we went. Off to the woods we go. Going on a bear hunt. Oh, man. Found the place quite easy. Packed up. Job done. I said to my eldest, I was like, just go down there and have a look and see what sort of train we're dealing with. Uh, and it was all like... Uh, like a stone path, I'm like, winner all round, chicken dinners everywhere, cool. Um, we walked down there, there was um, a puppy that was running around off the lead, uh, which distracted our puppy, and he dragged my eldest into a field. I had to uh, retrieve her and him, uh, as I said at the time, not her fault, not entirely his fault, uh, it was in fact the other dog owner's fault because that dog should absolutely not have been off a lead um had zero recall and was just running right it must have run 150 yards to get to us and had no no response to its owner when its owner called its name once right that is terrible dog ownership anyway we allowed them we left them to go on and we started walking and we came to a very muddy section. So, oh, we saw some deer as well. Uh, the two children I took with me are dressed up in their Wellington boots. I am in my trainers. Now, I know what you're thinking. Well, aren't you an idiot? Yes. Did I have a different option? No. Uh, I've asked Father Christmas for some wellies. That's not true at all. I'm going to get some wellies. So off we go, and I'm like, look, let's just do it. Let's own this. So we went off down the muddy bit, and we got to the woods, which were also muddy, and we traipsed down through the muddy woods until we found a path, a stony sort of path. And we followed that all the way to the end, and we turned round, and we went all the way back. And when we got back to the car, I realised that I had not only parked in a ditch, uh, the ditch also was a, doubled as a puddle, so one of the wheels is just submerged in water. Like I'm sure that'll do uh, wonders for the for the new car. We managed to get out. And we managed to get back. Um, I honestly think on a different day, different weather conditions, maybe in the summer, that sort of thing, uh, that would have been a much a much more enjoyable experience uh, i also think if i'd have had different footwear um i could do more um it would be nice if uh if my puppy was in a position to a be off the lead a bit more in walks like that or b uh wasn't uh pulling as much on the lead because obviously situations like that can be dangerous uh but work in progress 
finally for the week, uh, I said um, at least I've I've had the opportunity to go and see stuff for my middle daughter. Uh, she had a dance show, um, so I took her and dropped her off and came back home. And then uh, uh, less than an hour later, I went back to watch her performance. Um, and I was like, oh, you know, I've, I've never seen my middle daughter do any of her dancing other than the little bits that she does in the house. Um, and I never really have a frame of reference, whether she's just doing like her own dance or if she's doing moves from her dance classes or what. Um, so she did two different performances. There was a costume change as well. And I thought she'd done really well. I thought she did really, really good. I really enjoyed watching her dancing. Um, I have issues with performances. Um, and, and it's a simple thing of you're only there to see your child you don't care about the other people. You don't care about the other children. Unless your child's got like a best friend and you spend time with that best friend in some capacity. You don't really care about the other participants. Um, there was a point in time where somebody did a solo dance routine. I'm like, who is this for? The most is, you know, you brought all, I don't know, five of your family members. There's like 70 people here. Who is a solo dance routine for? The thing that annoyed me the most was there was a preschool class. They went on first, and when they came off stage, the dance teacher was like, Parents, would you like to come and collect your children? I'm glad I had a mask on. Because out of instinct, I went, you son of a bitch, you get to leave, you bastards. Um, anyway, my daughter did a fantastic performance. I think we can all agree on that. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed going to see her, getting the opportunity to go and see her. Yet again, had to deal with the situation where, even though I'd taken her there, and even though I was there to watch her performance and collect her, she had no idea where I was. I was like, uh, she was saying that she was like waving and stuff to, to people. And I was like, yeah, um, you didn't wave to me. I, was like, oh, I didn't know where you were. I couldn't see you. Where, where, where were you sitting? Right. And there we go. That is my capacity as a parent. To be there, but not be seen. I watched a movie. So, let's get a few things straight. Straight off the bat. Okay, the film I watched was Wrath of Man. Wrath of Man is a Jason Statham film directed by Guy Ritchie. Now, here's the thing. Let's get this straight right up front. I have no major affinity 
to Jason Statham. I work on the principle that if he's in a film that is good, and he's good in it, great. If he's in a film that is not good, and he is not good in it, I don't really care. That is where I am with Jason Statham. I feel, I don't feel strongly one way or the other. Guy Ritchie, I think we've spoken recently, a little more recently about Guy Ritchie. I thoroughly used to enjoy his early work. I know he's had some real dogs of, of films. Um, and then recently it feels a little bit like he's kind of getting back to his roots to touch. So, we have to talk about the cast of this film. Are you ready? So we've got Jason Statham. Main actor, main character, main whatever. There's a guy called Holt McCallany. Now, all I know is that this guy was... Uh, a, I'm pretty sure he was in an episode of Burn Notice. And B, he was in... All sorts of things. The thing I remember him the most from is he was the henchman in Losers. Uh, Josh Hartnett. Speaking of bird notice, Jeffrey Donovan was in it. Scott Eastwood. Andy Garcia. Uh, Laz Alonso, who plays Mother's Milk in The Boys. Uh, Eddie Marsden. Uh, Eddie Marsden. From, it was in Deadpool 2, Ray Donovan, all that. Anybody else that really stands out? Uh, Rob Delaney, also from Deadpool 2. That might be it for major players. Post Malone's in it for a little bit. Um, but what I can say is, even though like there was people in it that you didn't recognise, those people were great. There was a guy in it. Where is he? There he is. Daryl De Silva. Off the top of my head, I can't say if I've seen him in anything. He was great in it. Um, so, I can only tell you so much. I had this problem the other day. I started telling uh, Leanne about the film. And then I was like, are you likely to watch this film? She's like, yeah, maybe. I was like, right, then I can't tell you anything else about it. Being a Guy Ritchie film, it plays around with the order that things happen. So it starts out with like, oh, here's the thing that happened. And then, oh, here's five months earlier. Here's three months later. Here's six months later. Here's three months earlier. That kind of thing. Because it's Guy Ritchie. Um, now, I am a sucker for a vengeance movie. An absolute sucker for a vengeance movie. The shortest version is Jason Statham's son, his, his character's son, is killed in an armed robbery where the robbers are trying to steal money from an armoured truck. Jason Statham goes and gets a job working for the armoured truck company because I think at that point in time he works on the principle that it's probably an inside job and he wants to find out who's knocking over armoured trucks. 
That is the premise of the film. You can get that from the trailer. I haven't spoiled anything there. I really enjoyed this film. Now, again, I'm going to say this. I am a sucker for a vengeance movie. You uh, like, you know, John Wick, got to avenge the dog, all that sort of stuff. I am with you. Let's do this. Um, it was great. I really enjoyed it. Um, Jason Statham was Jason Statham. Weirdly, playing a British person, a British man in America. But was just doing his Jason Statham voice. So I don't think it really counted. I was a bit like Okay, we're doing we're doing that he's from from Britain, but he's still got his normal voice. And I say normal, I mean, you know, his his movie voice. Interesting to see, you know, people like Josh Hartnett and Andy Garcia pop up in it. Um, Andy Garcia had a, a smallish role Josh Hartnett had a bigger role um, they were both very, it, it was a very good film I I really enjoyed it um, afterwards I was like maybe it was just me look up some reviews reviews are generally quite positive of it um, I really enjoyed it I can't the, the problem I've got is I can't really say too much about it because there's a lot of, because of the way that time runs through it, there's a lot of twists and turns. Um, Scott Eastwood playing um, uh, a, a character. Jeffrey Donovan, interesting to see him pop up. You know, I'm watching, I'm still watching, working my way through Burn Notice at the moment. To see him pop up in a film X amount of time down the line. Um, is interesting. I really enjoyed it. And that is unfortunately about all I can say on that one. Um, I play some games. And I've got three written on my list. I was about to say I'm only going to talk about two of them, but I'll mention the third one. Um, I had, or have, still been playing Avengers. I think the biggest question with that game is, how did it go so wrong? And having played it again, I'm like, I really don't get it, because the beginning of that game is really good. And then it just, at the point in time where it's like, oh, we want you to keep playing this game every day and doing the same mission over and over and over and over again. It just goes from being like, a reasonably good game, quite enjoyable, quite good, to being awful. It's like, how did you manage to do this so wrong? But we've been through this before, we've talked about this before. So, what I'll say is that um, I have been playing it, I think my Game Pass runs out today. Um... That might decide, you know, that might be the decider as to whether I play any more of it. Let's put it that way. Um, I have played another game, um, and that other game is Control. I started playing Control briefly, 
Um, one of those things that obviously I had a lot to say about this game previously, but it's still up there on the list of games I never finished. That I played all of and never finished it. Um, so it kind of like eats away at me a little bit. So... I, uh, I was like, oh, it's available on Game Pass, I'll give it a go. And I put it on, and all I ended up remembering about Control when I put it on was just how much time you spend in that game just wandering around aimlessly trying to work out what you're supposed to do. And having spent probably in the region of something like 30 hours doing that the first time I played it, to not finish it. The prospect of doing it again didn't fill me with joy in any way, shape or form. So I stopped playing it. Almost as soon as I started playing it again, I stopped playing it. But I have played something else. What I have played is Halo Infinite. That's right, the new Halo game. Um, again, holding my hands up, being as truthful as I can on this one, Halo is not my favourite franchise by a long way. Um, in my opinion, as far as the Halo first-person shooter is concerned, the, the best one is the first one. Certainly was. I tried to play it again recently. It's not aged very well. Um, I've played 1, 2, 3, 4. I started 5, and I, I don't think I've ever had an experience as boring as that. Um, I have played Halo Wars 1 and 2. Thoroughly enjoyed the first one. Really didn't get a lot from the second. That is my experience with Halo. I, you know, Halo 2, Halo 3, they just did not really do anything for me. But, podcast alum, Sam, recommended it to me. It's like, do you know something? The new Halo game is good. I'd even go as far as to say it's really good. I was like, whoa, hold the phone. How is this possible? He's like, I know, I know, I know, but I can't deny it. It's good. I'm like, I have to find out for myself. Went on to Game Pass and found that already partially downloaded nearly the entire game. So I finished off the download. And I started playing it last night. I had to then give like a little bit of a review to Sam today. And this is what I said. As a game, it's a mixture of things I like and things I don't like. The weird thing here is I can't tell you what either of those things are. It's a point early on in the game where you have to escape a ship that's blowing up. Shocker. And for every aspect of it that could be fun, running away from a ship that's blowing up around you, that could be fun and it could be enjoyable and it could be a, a, a real rush and a real ride. I didn't enjoy it i didn't i kept dying because i didn't know where i was supposed to be going and when i did know where i was supposed to be going i found it hard to get there um this version this iteration of halo has added a grapple hook 
which seems to be the way these things go these days. And yeah, there's like a limit on how frequently you can fire the grapple hook. Certainly to start with. And I'm like, yeah, give me a tool that I can only use every now and then. Wonderful. And that's how it's kind of gone. Um, it, it it feels very much like the people that were making the Halo game were like, what do other games look like that people like? Um, it was described to me as a, a good version of Cyberpunk. And uh, it, it was very Far Cry. And I was like, yeah, that's what it feels like. It feels like the people that made this game were like... What are other games that people enjoy? Oh, this, 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 and this. Okay, let's just do that so that people enjoy this one. And I feel that it's a little bit of pandering. And I don't like that. If you're Halo, be Halo. Like you start on a ship and once you escape the ship, the game switches to an open world. I mean, that's not really halo and i know that we're supposed to push the boundaries in our gaming and try new things and try different approaches and and all of that but already it feels like this game is outside its comfort zone um i was reminded sam reminded me today that this game was delayed by a year um well whilst telling me that it's it's a very rough version of the game and sort of saying can you imagine what it looked like a year ago (sighs) looks don't often mean all that much to me with games Um, I know when a game looks really really bad Um, but outside of that as long as it kind of works I'm kind of okay with it Um, so for, for me I wasn't really bothered about you know, it being rough and ready and whatever. I was more bothered by the how it plays and what it's attempting to be and you know, things like that. Um I've got a day left on Game Pass. I don't think I'm gonna renew it. At least not yet. But maybe. We'll see. Um, I'll keep posted on that. There might be something else to keep you posted on next week. Um, but we'll have to see about that. We'll have to see how things go over the next few days. So there we go. That's it. That's the podcast. Thank you for listening, if you're still listening. And uh, I'm going to catch you guys next time. Take care of yourselves. Bye. So there you go. What do you think to that? Another one done. Another week gone. Another week closer to whatever you're looking forward to. Or dreading. Hmm. It got a little dark there real fast. Thank you for listening along. And if I could also trouble you to become a lovely subscriber, that would be amazing. SoundCloud, iTunes, po- you know, wherever you get your podcasts. YouTube, subscribe there. That's one. That's a good one. You can also check out our website, thecookiecast.com. And you can get in touch with us through the website. Uh, Give us a shout if you want to come on the podcast and we'll get you on. That's it for this one. Until next time, I'm going to say bye. And I'll see you then.